0: Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the College Age Movement Podcast. We are in part five of a series through the book of Mark. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, we asked the question, are we focusing on religion or relationship? We also talked about discovering the things that we need to let go of. This series has been a lot of fun to walk through, and it has asked challenging questions, uh, for me and for hopefully you uh, throughout the last several weeks. This week, we are going to be in Mark chapter 12. And there's a story that many of us have probably heard if we grew up in the church. But if you haven't, you might not have heard this story. And even if you have, um, it's a story that we often look over. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, talk about a widow. And it's entitled The Widow's might and it's it's just one of those stories that like you look at and you're like oh yeah I see a, a lesson in that but I think that there are several lessons and several examples that this woman shows us through a simple act that we can hold on to and we can say hey there there's definitely something to be garnered from that so mark chapter 12 Verses 41 through 44, it says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw out large amounts, but a poor widow Came and put in two very small copper coins with only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So, through her simple action, she gives us examples to strive for. Number 1 is this. She had a heart for the things of God. I think one of the biggest struggles that we have as human beings is truly being selfless. We live in a what's in it for me mentality. I know for a fact that I have not achieved full spiritual maturity because my first thought is how is this going to affect me, not how is this going to affect others or how is this going to have an effect on the kingdom of God. Now we we don't know a ton about this widow story, but we do know that she was being faithful to what God had asked her to do instead of what was necessarily comfortable for her. She was being faithful to what God asked her to do, not what was comfortable for her. So I think that there's, there's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Am I in tune with the things of God? Am I in tune with the things of God? Now, I don't mean, do I know every single thing that God is wanting to do right now in this moment or anything like that, but what I mean is, am I spending enough time with God that I recognize his voice? See when we're kids we recognize the voice of our parents in a room full of people and when we're adults we hear the voice of a friend over the noise of a crowd and and we recognize them and it's not just the loud friend it's not just the people that are super super loud in a group but we literally the people we know best we recognize their voice in an instant and we're drawn to it now if our hearts are truly in tune with the things of God then we will be so incredibly effective in our relationship in and every, every other arena in our lives and if we are in tune with God if we understand when it is that he is speaking to us we will willingly walk into the uncomfortable so i think there's a challenge for us to get to know God good enough that we recognize his voice so that when he asks us to do something uncomfortable or outside of of the thing that we would choose for ourselves we would willingly walk into it because We understand that no great thing grows in comfort. So when God's voice asks us to step into the uncomfortable, hopefully we will be people who identify with this woman and say, yep, I'm willing to get uncomfortable because God is asking me to do just that. The second thing that she teaches us is that she refuses to make excuses for herself. I think that without cultural context we could easily come to the conclusion that a poor widow would have more excuses than anyone to skimp on giving. Uh with with cultural context it just takes it to the next level. In in that culture, she was what we would probably call the least of these. She was one a woman who had very little value in that culture. Secondly, she didn't have a husband. She was a widow, so she had very little value because she wasn't attached to a man, and she didn't have any money. So really, like she's the lowest of the low, and yet she is teaching a lesson through her faithfulness. And I don't know about you, but I make excuses for myself all the freaking time in most areas of my life, and definitely in my relationship with Jesus. Once again, we don't know the fullness of her story, but we do know that life hadn't just been sunshine and rainbows for her, and it hasn't been for you or I either. We fully understand that. There's not a person listening to this that would say, hey, no, my life from start to finish has been the best, most exciting thing. Like, No bad things have ever happened. Every single one of us could look at our lives and point out the hardships. Every one of us could look at the difficulties. Every one of us could start to make excuses. But we start to live in this mentality and we answer things like, this is why I can't. Uh, the reason that I can't read my Bible is this. The reason that I can't spend enough time with Jesus is this. The reason that I can't love people like that is this. We we start to say, like, here's all the reasons why I can't. And I just wonder if we stopped looking at hardships and circumstances and everything else as reasons why we can't, and we shifted and got to a place where we celebrated where we are despite those things. That our circumstances and our hardships and all the excuses that we make we would go away and we would say, hey, I'm going to celebrate where I am despite all of the bad things, not make excuses as to why I can't do anything moving forward. We can, I believe this, we can be people who stop saying, this is why I can't. And we start saying, I did even though, or I can even though, or even in the midst of this, I will. You see, this is where we get back to, to this a uh, woman's faithfulness. She was sure of who God was and because of that she was sure of who he was asking her to be. There are so many of us and so many times in each of our individual lives where we are unsure of ourselves or our lives and we we start to to lose faith, we start to lose traction. And I think that what we need to be is people who focus on who God is. Because if we can solidify ourselves in the reality of who Jesus is, we can then understand who it is that he has called us to be and who he says we are right now, beloved children of God. And if we can get that under wraps, if we can understand our identity, we can become people who are confidently sure of who we are because we are confidently sure of who he is. The third lesson that she teaches us is that she wanted to participate in worship. And we could do a whole series on the misconceptions of worship, but I wanted to point this out because I think it's important, especially as we're getting back to to gathering in person and we're being able to publicly worship on Tuesday nights and on weekends at church and all those different things. Worship is so much more than standing and singing. If we are truly worshiping, we are engaged with just not just the music. We are engaged in the act of communicating with God. Worship can be found in anything that we do. I think that in this specific case, the widow was worshiping in multiple ways. First of all, she was worshiping by giving out of her own resources. Maybe you're different, but anytime that I have to give out of something that is labeled as mine, it's not super easy. My money, my time, my effort, all those things are incredible, valuable resources. And they're they're incredibly valuable for you too. And so it's so hard for us to get out, to give out of those things. If somebody said, hey, I'm going to give you $500,000 and I want you to give it to the charity of your choice, I think we'd all be super excited to support the charity of our choice. But if we made $500,000 and it was our money, I think we would all hesitate a little bit to give that away because all of a sudden that's something that we could use to our own benefit. That's not something that somebody else that we're giving away. That is now something that is ours that we're giving away. And it completely changes the game. So we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to be people who will be generous with something that is ours? To give out of that has to be an intentional decision. I know for me, one of the things that I constantly have to ask myself is, am I only willing to give things when it's convenient? Or my old like in that, and that mostly comes in these times where I'm trying to, to decide how to delegate my time. As a pastor, you, you don't really have an eight to five job. You're kind of on the clock all the time. But it's really interesting to me. If somebody is in need during the day, during my quote unquote work hours, I'm so willing to give those hours to him or to her or whatever. But if somebody calls me in the middle of the night, am I am I going to be frustrated by that? Like, am I going to be somebody who only wants to be a pastor when I'm quote unquote on the clock? Or am I willing to love people at every time at during every day? Like, that is something that I have to constantly challenge. Like, oh, that's my time. That's my family time. And obviously there's boundaries. And obviously like my kids are important and my wife is important and I'm not gonna neglect them. But I have to be constantly willing to ask myself, am I willing to give my time when it's inconvenient? Am I willing to give some finances when it's inconvenient? Like all of those things have to be questions that I ask myself and that you have to ask yourselves. It's not just when it's convenient that we give of ourselves. It is when it's inconvenient. She was worshiping by giving out of her own resources, not something that somebody else had given her. Secondly, she was worshiping through obedience Sometimes we think that worship has to be this big outward thing, and, and I love that part. I love worship is one of my favorite things. Corporate worship in, in church is it's fantastic, and I'm all about it, and I'll do it all day every day if I could. But it's sometimes in the quietest of moments that our worship is loudest. That In this moment, as she drops two copper coins into an offering bag. She is worshiping loud, and God hears that worship. You see, when we decide to be obedient, To what God is asking of us, that is this incredible act of worship, and it speaks volumes. We can scream and yell at the top of our lungs during worship, but sincere obedience to what God is asking us to do is so impactful, and I hope that we don't lose perspective on that. This all comes back to intentional communication. When we are obedient, it is a worshipful message to Jesus. When we give of ourselves, It is a worshipful message to Jesus. I think that what changed my perspective was prayerfully offering up my resources in obedience to Jesus, that I would stop looking at it as my money and start looking at it as his money, that I would stop thinking about all the things that I want to do, but say, Lord, I don't want to do this, but I know you asked me to do this, so I'm going to, or this is hard, but I trust that you're going to use it. All of those things, I had to make an intentional decision to offer those things up to the Lord. That it wasn't something that I was doing out of my own volition, but it was something that I knew that I was doing in servitude to who Jesus was asking me to be. And lastly, she went above and beyond expectations. Here's the thing we all have expectations that are placed on us by our peers, by our bosses, by our parents, by culture in general, by the church. There's no getting away from that. We cannot control other people's expectations, but we can absolutely control how we respond to them. And there are going to be some expectations that you can blow off as unfair. I totally understand that. People place expectations that are just completely impossible to meet. But I want to challenge us to be a community of people and to be individuals who do something that I would consider to be fairly radical. I think that we need to be people who convince others that they have set the bar too low for us. That as followers of Jesus, we are convincing people that they have set the bar too low. And we convince them not just through our words, but through our actions. That we would be people in our relationships who go above and beyond. That when people need something and have the expectation that we would show up this way, we would show up more than that that in our prayer life, the expectations that people place on us, that we'd say, no, I'm going to pray more than that. I'm going to pray harder than that. I'm going to listen more intently. When we're called to give resources, that it, we wouldn't give the bare minimum, but that we would give above and beyond the expectation, that in our, our encouragement, that we wouldn't be people who just throw out little, tiny words of encouragement, that, but that we would be the biggest cheerleaders for the people in our lives, and people would see the way that we are doing, that our investment of pe- in people would go above and beyond anything that somebody could expect out of us. And if, as a community Of people, we can collectively do that. We're going to change our city, we're going to change our state, we're going to change our country because it's a a collective unity in setting the bar higher for ourselves than anybody else would set it for us. We want to blow people's expectations out of the water. I don't know about you, but I want to be somebody that when people look at my life, they say, oh my gosh, look at all of the excuses that he could have made to not love that well, but he is anyway. Look at all of the excuses that he could have to not make that kind of time for other people, but he did anyway. We need to be people who are setting the bar higher for ourselves, that we are blowing expectations out of the water. The message translation of this uh, scripture ends the last verse by saying this, all the others gave out of what they'll never miss, but she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave it her all. My prayer is that we would be people individually and as a community who give it our all that we aren't just giving people the bare bones, we aren't just giving people the little things that are expected of, but we are giving all of ourselves to others, we are giving all of ourselves to our creator, and that we would watch our world change because we are blowing expectations out of the water. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the College Age Movement Podcast. If you are in Billings, we are back to in-person services. We would love to see you on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. If you're not comfortable coming yet, please continue to listen to the podcast. We'll also throw some short sermons up on our IGTV at the College Age Movement Instagram page. We are always here for you. If you need absolutely anything, do not hesitate to reach out. You are loved. We'll see you guys soon.